0: What does faith have to do with Christmas? Without faith, there would have been no Christmas. When you grab hold of a promise of God, the enemy is going to begin to lie to you. The enemy is going to try to steal from you. The enemy is going to try to deceive you. And you're either going to listen to what God's Word said, and you're going to fight like a madman for what God said, or you're going to let it go say this one more time. I've said this over and over again. Possession begins in the mind, made real in the heart, and then manifest in the natural.
1: Book of Mark tells us in chapter 9 verse 23 that all things are possible for one who believes. As Christians, it is our responsibility to go and possess the inheritance given to us by the Father. In today's message, Pastor Eddie Mason continues his look at what it means to possess faith.
0: How many of you are excited about Christmas? Well, four or five of you are. How many of you be glad it's over? Ah, there's several that be glad it's over. Now, I'm excited because we get to celebrate Jesus. And anytime, any excuse for celebrating Jesus is a good reason. Amen. So I, I just want us to, to walk in the presence and understanding of this. I'm going to talk to you about faith possesses. And... Uh, My wife said that that doesn't spell possesses, that's faith posses. And so, uh, maybe I just need to learn how to spell a little better, but I want to talk to you about faith possesses. I talked to you about it last week. And if you remember, while you were here, I did a demonstration of how that with faith, it's one thing to say you have the promises of God, but it's another thing to take those promises of God. And so, we have to take them. God gives them freely, but you have to take them and receive them, okay? And so we want to grab hold of those. Uh, this morning you may ask yourself, what does faith and healing and signs and wonders and miracles have to do with Christmas? Well, it has everything to do with Christmas. All right, that's, that's what that's all about is Christmas. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Turn to your neighbor and say, Not seen. That means not seen with the natural eye. It does not mean not seen in the spirit realm. We have to see things in the realm of the spirit or we will not walk in faith. We will walk in doubt. And God's told us to walk in faith. In Hebrews 11:13, 13, listen to this. These all died. Now he's talking about Abraham, and he's talking about Isaac, and he's talking about Jacob, and he's talking about Moses, and he's talking about, he's talking about Rahab, and he's, he's talking about all the different heroes of the faith that come out of Hebrews chapter 11. And he said, these have all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them, turn to your neighbor and say, seen them. How in the world could they have seen them except by faith They saw them by faith and, and to having seen them and greeted them from afar. In other words, it wasn't something that was going to take place and manifest immediately. It was something that was going to be down the road and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. And so you see, we get a hold of this idea that, that they were able to see what the promise is. Now turn to your neighbor and say, we've received the promise. Oh, y'all didn't get that very well. Man, that's like that's like one Christmas. I had this big old box. It was about this big about this wide, and it was heavy, you couldn't lift it. And so all the kids said, What's in it? I said, paper. They said, What do you mean? I said, It's paper. I and mean, they no, 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 no. And for two weeks, I mean, they they struggled and they fussed and they, what is it? What is it? I kept saying, it's paper. It's paper, Daddy. You lying to us. You lying to us. And so Christmas morning came, and when Christmas morning came, David, it was David's package. He couldn't hardly stand it. He rips off all the stuff and opens it up, and sure enough, it's computer paper. <laughs> now you had to live during the time of the dot matrix in order to understand how important computer paper was, but but it was an important thing. And boy, his face just absolutely fell. And the other two boys, their face fell. Can I tell you, when I tell you received the gift of Jesus Christ, the present, your faith ought, face and faith ought to light up and say, hallelujah, Jesus has come. Oh, y'all still, man. Stand up, just stand, everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Y'all gotta wake up, stand up. And say, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And I'm alive. And I'm excited excited. about Jesus. Jesus. Now give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. All right, you you can be seated. I won't press the issue anymore. By faith we have received the promise, not our faith, but the faith of a young teenage girl. See, it wasn't your faith that birthed Jesus into the earth. Think about that. It was all the patriarchs. It was all the ones that went before. It was a little 13, 14-year-old girl that when the angel came to her and said, will you? And she said, I will, whatever you do. And I don't know how that's going to happen. Let me tell you that again. I don't know how that's going to happen, but let it be unto me, even as you have declared. Amen. Woo! A 14-year-old girl had enough faith to bring Jesus into the world. Come on. Come on. What, what does faith have to do with Christmas? Without faith, there would have been no Christmas. There would have been no celebration of Christ because there wouldn't have been a Christ. And so we got a 14-year-old girl. And, and Jesus said, Mary, he said, you, you, will be, you will be hailed and looked upon for all creation. And so Mary is to be exalted, not like Christ, She's not deity. But people, she is amazing. Mary did an amazing thing. And when we get to heaven, after we thank Jesus, we need to thank Mary for saying yes to the, to, to, to the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about that. And so it was by faith of a teenage girl that said yes. And nine months later, Jesus came. But I believe he came to make all things new. He came to bring healing to the entire creation. I believe in restoration. I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is here to change and to heal. It not only heals the body, the mind, and the spirit, but it heals the earth itself. The presence of Jesus is amazing. He says, I make all things new. Last week when I talked about possessing the gifts and the promise of of God, I I said, you know, you've got to take hold of it, and you can't look away from it. You've got to grab hold of that thing. You cannot let go of what God has given you. And too often we let go. Too often we don't don't stay in that place of saying, I'm going to hold on to this. Look what Hebrews 11, 4 said, For the people who speak thus, what do they speak? We have a promise. And that promise is ours. We haven't seen it. Except in the Spirit He said, we see it in the spirit because it's a way off, but it's ours and we're not going to let go of it because this is not our homeland. We have our hearts set in a different homeland. Those are the people. He said, for people who speak like this, make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one, therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. He has prepared for them a city. Now watch this. I want to go back and I want to read this to you one more time. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. You see, that's what happens to us. We begin to quit. We begin to give up. We begin to get let go of. See, we, we, we have to, we have to have, Herman, hand me your phone. Hand me your phone. I'm going to text whoever you're texting. Hand me your phone. Give me your phone. Give me your phone. All right, give me your phone. Ooh, all right. Give me your phone. Faith, God's given it. Showed this last week. In order for me to receive it, I have to take it. Yeah. But now watch this. I remember the days when there weren't any phones. I remember when you used to be able to get in the car and you could drive 1,400 miles And you didn't have to listen to a sound if you didn't want to. I remembered when nobody could get in touch with you. I can remember when they didn't have electronic dog leashes called cell phones. I can remember when you had to stop at a pay phone. You couldn't just do this. I can remember when your wife didn't get mad at you when you were in the car because she couldn't get a hold of you. I remember when, here, all of a sudden, I've gone back to the land before what God has given me. You can sit down. I remember what it was like before I was a Christian. I can't tell you how many people have walked into my office and said, things were better before I became a Christian. No, they weren't. You were lost dying and going to hell before you became a Christian. You ran into a little opposition, and you little wimpy self, you couldn't handle the opposition, and you decided you wanted to turn back. That's what happened to you. It wasn't the fact that Jesus Christ hadn't made promises, and they weren't yours, but you weren't willing to fight for the promises that God has given you. You weren't willing to take a stand and say, God's Word says, and I refuse to do anything but believe what God's Word says. That's where we've got to come to. We've got to begin to see this thing. The promises are ours. Signs, wonders, and miracles are ours. Why? Jesus said they were ours. Well, I hadn't seen them. Well, I want you to know in the natural, neither had any of these people in the past. And some of them waited over 2,000 years before the promise came. But they didn't back up. They said, I have a homeland. I refuse to let go of what God has promised I am. And God said, I love calling them my people. People that don't let go of the promises of God, he said, those people, they're the people I like. I like people that get a hold of it and say uh-uh, you can't have it. In 2 Corinthians 1:20 says for all the promises of God, uh, uh, God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for this glory. He says, let me tell you what that says. He said we find the fulfillment of the manifestation of every promise in Christ, in God himself, and we say so be it by faith to the glory of God himself. That's what that scripture says. My son's gonna be set free and delivered and he's gonna play bass guitar for the Lord Jesus Christ. So be it Lord. So be it, Lord. My grandsons are gonna serve the Lord God with all their heart, all their mind, and all their spirit. My granddaughters are gonna be handmaidens of the Lord, and they're gonna worship him like nobody has ever seen before. Why, I have a promise of a fulfillment of what God has spoken over me and my family, and I am tenacious, and I believe what God said. Amen? I don't care what I see. I don't care what I experience. I don't care what I feel like. I'm going to tell you my God rules and my God reigns. And he said that he was happy with those that hold on to his promises. God is true. Therefore, every promise of God is true. And consequently, each must have its due fulfillment, a time of fulfillment. I got a telephone call from a guy. I told some people this not long ago. I got a telephone call from a guy, and he was talking about the council at Jerusalem when James, the brother of Jesus, headed up the church and the apostles were coming together to decide how the Gentiles, that's most of us, could come into the church. And after a long discussion, James came up and said, these are the few things that we're going to require of the Gentiles, but they do, they do not have to become Jews in order to become part of the church. That's what he said. And so his opening statement was, he said, I disagree with James. I think he was wrong. My statement was... Well, then there's no need in us arguing because if you're going to start from that standpoint, then you've already made the decision that the Bible's not true and you can divide it any way you want to. So if one promise of God is not true, they're all not true. You can't just pick and choose. You can't say, I believe this, but I don't believe that. I think this is true, but I don't think this is true. Throw it away. You either take it in totality or cast it aside completely, it will do you absolutely no good. Grab hold of the Word of God. Make it your own. Matthew eleven twelve says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Boy, that's one of those scriptures that has always bothered me. I've never understood it. I've never really understood what what... What uh, Jesus was saying there. He says, listen to this though, whoever will take possession of the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy must be totally focused on Jesus refusing to back down because all hell will oppose him in every step he takes. You see, what I'm saying is hell is going to oppose you. When you grab hold of a promise of God, the enemy is going to begin to lie to you. The enemy is going to try to steal from you. The enemy is going to try to deceive you. And you're either going to listen to what God's word said and you're going to fight like a madman for what God said or you're going to let it go. What we're doing is we're standing there saying, okay, God, if you want... If you will, if you please. God said, I won't, I will, and I please. Take it. Please take what I have given you. And so we need to begin to practice taking it and holding on to it violently. We just ought to say, no, I'm not letting go. When people come up to you and say, come on, son, it's time for you to come back to reality. I have a reality. My reality is founded in the blood of Jesus Christ. My reality is founded in the fact that there is an empty grave. My my reality is, is founded in the fact that Jesus said you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. My reality is founded in the place that he said you will speak with other tongues. He said my reality is found when he declared that your sons and your daughters will prophesy my reality is founded and he said signs and wonders will follow those who believe why because it was paid for by the blood of Jesus I'm excited this morning can you tell I am so excited about Jesus Christ thank you Lord for being born thank you for the incarnation thank you for coming we got to get where we're violent about that stuff violent with our own selves Violently saying this is mine, and I refuse to let go of it. Well, Eddie, I've been praying six months. Abraham waited two thousand years. You ain't even started yet. Am I making sense to you today? Mark 9:20 says, "If you can, all things are possible." I want to say this one more time. I've said this over and over again. Possession begins in the mind, made real in the heart, and then manifests in the natural. Remember what he said? He said, he said back in here in Hebrews, he said, if they had had a mind, to they could have returned. See, what happens is when you violently don't take care of your thought life, when you let the enemy have his playground between your two ears. Doubt has an open door, fear has an open door. The enemy has an open door to your head, your heart and your mind. And so when we don't when we don't take control of what he has said, when we don't begin to see what God has said. Remember what he said? He said, "Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for." What is an assurance? Write this down. It's a guarantee of things hoped for. I said this the other night. I hope, I hope, I hope I get a a, a three-wheel motorcycle for Christmas. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. Can I tell you, that's not hope. That's not hope. Kind of hope he's talking about here says, I expect to receive what God has promised. I have the assurance. I have the guarantee of God's word. I have an expectation of seeing the manifestation of everything Jesus Christ paid for on the cross. And I refuse to let go of what Jesus had said for me. That's what faith is all about. Faith says, I refuse to let go. I refuse to let go. I have this guarantee from God. And too many times we take the guarantee from God and we go, ah, oh, that guarantee ain't worth nothing. Really? Really? Listen, there are there are whole seminaries that do their teachings. On why the promises of God are not true. They say God doesn't speak anymore. They say there's no such thing as the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. They say that the gifts have gone away. They have to ignore so much scripture and jump over it and crawl over it. And but they have whole schools. They do nothing but teach against the Word of God. And they wonder why the church got into trouble. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Conviction, that means I believe it. I believe it. doesn't matter what anybody else says. I believe it. For by it, people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. We all know this, and we all said this. God said, and it was. God said, and it was. God said, and it was. I, I left my Bible over there. Let me go get my Bible. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, and it was. God said, and it was. Turn to your neighbor and say, God said, and it was. God said, and it was. was." I like it. God said, and it is. What's the difference? Well, Eddie, I can see the light. Why can't you see the promises of God? Eddie, I can can put my feet on the land. Why can't you put your feet on the promises of God? Eddie, I can touch. Why can't you touch the heart of God himself? God said, and it is. Amen. It is. He spoke and it became. we got to possess it. We've got to take hold of it. Am I, am I making sense to you? Yeah. Let me ask you something. Just think. Just take just a minute. And you think about it. What's the last word that you know that God gave you? What's the last word? Just take a second. Last one. How many of you are having trouble thinking of it? Raise your hands. Okay, that's all right. Having trouble thinking of it? We got three honest people here. You know what that tells me? If we're having trouble thinking of the last word that we know that God gave us, and there are many more than three of you here, is it we have not tenaciously taken hold of that promise for ourselves? somebody has given it or we have heard it and we put it on the shelf. And we hope it comes to pass. Not with an expectation. Just with a wish. The kingdom of God suffers the violent and the violent take it by force. You get a word, you take hold of it, don't you let go of it. Until you see the full manifestation of it. Next thing you better do is you better pray it. Do what? You better pray it. See, if you can't remember it, chances are pretty good you're not praying it. Well, Eddie, I don't know about that. Well, the word of the Lord came to Elijah and he told Elijah, he said, Go tell Ahab it's going to rain. What do you mean it's going to rain? Been three something years and rain. He said, Go to him. So Elijah went right straight to Ahab, didn't he? No. No, he didn't. He went straight to prayer. And the Bible said he squatted down. Some some commentators said he squatted down in a birthing position. And he began to give birth to the word that God had given him. And as he began to give birth to that word, he sent his servant and said, go see." And the servant came back and said, there's nothing. And so he prayed more and he said, go see. And the servant came back and he said, there's nothing. He said, go see. And the servant said, there's nothing. Until the servant came back and he said, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah said, time to stop praying and start running. Because the rain is coming. I like what Gary said. Said if his mama tells you she had a dream and, and he she tells you go fishing, take your basket and your scaler because you're going to catch fish. If God tells you it's going to rain, take your umbrella because it's going to rain. If God tells you he's going to redeem your family, just start rejoicing right now because he's going to redeem your entire family. Come on, give God praise. That's right. Give him <laughs> praise. You think God didn't give us a Christmas present? Possess it. Boldly declare what God has said. Once Once we come into agreement with what He said and quit agreeing with what the enemy says, we begin to see these things change. God said, You're going to be blessed. I'm blessed. Well Eddie, you lose losing everything. I don't care, I'm blessed. Why, God said I'm blessed. Well Eddie, there's something wrong with your son. It don't make no difference, I'm blessed. I'm blessed, why, God said I'm blessed. My sons are blessed, my grandchildren are blessed, my wife is blessed, my wife is the healed of the Lord. When are you going to quit agreeing with the enemy, Eddie? When are you going to quit declaring that she's sick and start declaring that she's healed? When are you going to quit believing the lies of the enemy? My sons have no chance. My daughters have no chance. Well, if that's where you want to live, go ahead. But when you take on the mind of Christ, you're going to live in a place that's not yet seen. Come on, grab hold of this, folks. If we're going to change as a church and we're going to change our community, we've got to believe that we can change the community. We've got to believe that the Holy Ghost of God can turn the world upside down. Come on, you've got to to possess the promises. You've got to quit agreeing with the enemy. You've got to trust in him and him alone. Quit trusting everybody that you talk to. We must come into that place where we know and believe that he is well able to bring to pass what he has promised. We have to believe that. It's time to have faith in the Father and in His Words. It's time for us to believe that greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. Stand to your feet. Just saying and say, My God, is greater. My God is greater. My God is truthful. My God is truthful. My God's promises, My God's promises. are yes and amen. They belong, to me. they belong to me. Say it again. They belong to me. They belong to now me. give the Lord one more shout of praise in this place. Yeah. Woo. Anybody here like me, you've got to quit confessing what the enemy says. and You've got to start confessing what the yeah. Lord says. Come on. Come on. People say you're lying. I'm not lying. I'm telling you what God said. I'm just going to tell you what God said. And the Bible said, let every man be a liar and let the Word of God be the truth. Father, I thank you for every man, woman, child in this house. Lord, I thank you for the time of fellowship and fun that we've had today. Lord, I thank you for your Word. Lord, I thank you for your promises. I thank you for the manifestation of your glory. I thank you for what you're doing right here in this place. Lord, I just say praise, praise, praise.
1: Southside Christian Fellowship Church. A place where you are loved, accepted, and received. A place of healing. A place of prayer. A place of hope. Please join us every Sunday morning. For service times, locations, and other information about the church, visit us at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you.